The Start On Demand. On demand. Here's the headline at CJOB.com. Winnipeg woman receives $213 bill after being treated by Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service. She refused the ambulance, but she got a bill anyway. So we have much to discuss as it pertains to ambulance fees, and as it turns out, non-ambulance fees. The Winnipeg Jets made a flurry of moves before the NHL trade deadline. Kelly Moore weighs in on how the team came out. Speaking of hockey, Blue Bomber running back Andrew Harris is the league leader in rushing in the CFL, but it turns out he is also a hockey lunatic. I'm Brett McGarry. Alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, we are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Tuesday, February 26th podcast for The Start. We start this half hour with an ambulance that was not taken, but the fee was sent out anyway. Yeah, what would you expect to get a bill for an ambulance if you never got in the back? They didn't roll you out and put you inside, Loren? Not if they didn't take me to the hospital. Well, well, guess what? I, I suppose if I think about it, maybe, but continue. Guess what? That's what happened to one Winnipeg woman who says she was unexpectedly, in her words, charged. Here's Global's Amber McGookin with her story and what you need to know when it comes to ambulance fees in Manitoba. $213. When Annette Spinak saw those numbers on her bill, she was stunned. Why would you give me a bill? For what? Spinak has mobility issues and earlier this month she tripped and fell in her home. It was right in front of my telephone, so I pulled it down and called 911. And I said, I fallen and I can't get up. She refused the ambulance ride to the hospital so she wouldn't be charged hundreds of dollars but wasn't expecting the bill for the care she did receive. Blood pressure check, heart monitor and oxygen. The province says ambulance services are not covered by the Canada Health Act which is why any trips or care provided is paid by the patient. Something Spinex says is unfair because if she had gone to the emergency room for her care she wouldn't have been charged any extra fees. You have to ask my permission and you have to inform me of the costs. That way I can say yes or no. The city says there are different ambulance fees based on the level of care you receive and what paramedics have to do. But Spinak is adamant the fees are unfair and plans on fighting the bill. Amber McGookin, Global News. We've been talking about ambulance fees, I think, for a few years in this province because that was something the Conservatives and Premier Brian Pallister promised to reduce. And they have reduced those fees from what they were a few years ago, I think, Greg, from about $600 to now, is it $400 if you take the ambulance to hospital? Well, if you if you go on the City of Winnipeg website, it still says $529 for for the city rate for, for a, an ambulance uh, use. Inter-facility transfer service is $337, and there it is. Treatment, no transport service, $213. There's even a waiting time, standby, all sorts of uh, extra fees that get charged, including $30 if you send them an NSF check, if you're still using those, and a 17% charge of amount outstanding if your bill goes to a collection agency. And I can tell you that if you don't get in touch with them and you don't sort things out with them fairly quickly, they move on that collection thing rather aggressively. 
Wow. You've had experience with that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I had coverage. I needed an ambulance about, uh, I guess it's about four years ago now. And I had coverage to cover it. Uh, but I got told one thing by the city, another by my insurer. They said they needed one thing. They needed another before each other could do. It, it was, I think I'm, you know, not the smartest guy on the planet, but I'm intelligent enough that you would think I'd be able to navigate that. And it was genuinely a pain in the backside. Mm. So it's I can only you... imagine how many people have coverage that don't take advantage of it because they, they make it somewhat difficult. Now, to... she was making the point that, that, that they should have asked her for permission for that charge because she was cognizant enough to, to, to know what was going on with her. She just couldn't get up. But then if they start asking, do you really want us to come? Because it's, this could cost you anywhere from $32 to Three fifty or four hundred. I, I don't know. I don't. That's a pretty slippery slope. For... Well, I mean, at least they're not there with the iPhone with the with the cube on there to ask for your credit card to swipe <laughs> it before they take it. And I, and I don't mean to make light of what this woman's gone through, but you have to know if you're calling an ambulance and they come to your house, there's going to be some sort of fee for that service, whether they actually take you to the hospital or not. Although I admit this is most likely surprising to a lot of people. Well, I think even just the ambulance cost surprises people, let alone if they come and sure. they just do the blood checks or the, the the pressure checks or whatever and charge you for that. Yeah, how many people do you think end up refu- turning down the ambulance or the trip to the hospital, even though they need it, they need the medical care, but they know they can't afford the ambulance, so they don't take it? More concerning in my mind is that of how many people don't phone an ambulance when they genuinely need one. And on top of that, how many people end up driving themselves or driving someone to the hospital because they don't want to incur that cost? I think it's something that that needs to be discussed. I understand. I mean, it's a $200 million budget. Winnipeg, that's fire and paramedics uh, service. So it's a, it's a big part of the city budget. That's why there's been back and forth between the city and the province and, yeah. and, and how these fees get shared and, and how they get charged out. So, uh, it, yeah, we're so used to not paying for medical care that when we get a bill for something that we perceive to be under that umbrella, a lot of us are surprised when, when we do get charged. Well, some studies have been done, Brett, and we've got some calls out this morning to Centre for Policy on Health and, and different experts across the country on just your first point, which was how many people don't call the ambulance when they, they think they need it because they don't want to pay that charge. And then how many don't call it an emergency and drive themselves for the same economic reasons. And then I have an additional question about the fees that we are charging in the province because the list we printed out this morning from the website doesn't match what the what, what's supposed to be happening when it comes to reduced fees. And so I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I mean, the city and the province, it's supposed to be $340 right now for an ambulance ride. Yeah, it's kind of confusing when you look at this schedule here, this this fee schedule, because there's a couple of asterisks beside the city rate of $529. So at the top, the column says, for service provided on or after January 1st, 2019, city rate for emergency medical services, $529 with the two stars. And it says at the bottom, amount payable may be lower as a result of the provincial ambulance fee reduction as applicable at the time the service was provided. Maybe. Maybe. Well, because the, the province has been year over year lowering since the Conservatives went into power. It started at 522 three years ago or almost three years ago, and it's now supposed to be 340, but maybe that depends on where you live. Maybe it's a $340 ride in, you know, um, Ildeshane, but not 
in Winnipeg. Well, we need to ask the city about this as well, because on this list of fees is a basic rate of $846. Yeah. Under what situation or, un- or under what condition would that rate be applicable? So, Or should I even have to think about this? Like, should there just not be a flat ambulance comes, here's the fee, so I'm not... Okay, well, don't put the blood pressure cuff on. Just, just, <laughs> it's uh, not an a la carte service. Yeah, like I'll just, I'll take a little chest compression and, you know, like an IV, but I don't want, uh, you don't want to start to gain that point too. You That's don't. confusing. Well, hey, welcome to the, to American style healthcare. That is the consideration, not everyone in the United States, but lots of people. That's a consideration that they have to, that they have to make. When, before they pick up a phone, before they take their child to a hospital. Yeah, I is have, my insurance or my premiums up to date? Do I have, I have a, coverage for this? Do I have to fill out these forms? And before they see my child, where, do they have to phone the insurance company, make sure it's okay? All these different things that you have to take into consideration. When you go to the hospital, this is one part of it for us in terms of ambulance fees. We're getting a lot of text messages on this at 204-780-6868, and you can continue to weigh in on that. You can also email Mackling at CJOB.com, McNabb at CJOB.com, or Brett at CJOB.com. You can also do McGarry at CJOB.com, but no nobody one knows can how to, spell that. Yeah, That's McGarry. harder than McNabb. Yeah, don't don't even bother. Just McGarry. go with Brett what? at CJOB. Although, is it Brett with one T or two T's? Is it Brent? Is it Brat? Is it Brick? As my grade three teacher once called me. Yeah, that made me cry. And well, at least... Better. called you brat? Well, no, my, my teacher called me brick Oh, by brick. Accident. And well, that made you cry? It, no, it made, I, I cried when all the kids laughed at me. Oh, that's Because I was fair. a little baby. No, well, that's at least, fair. no. Well, hey, that, that's... The teacher should call you by your correct name. <laughs> at least they had that TV show, what is it called? The Middle, where they actually had a character on there named Brick. And wasn't Brick one of the guys in Ron Burgundy? Sure was. There you go. Yeah. So Was he the weatherman? I want to say Brick was the weatherman. I love you, Lamp. <laughs> is that Steve Carell? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Here to invite you to the pants party. Mackley McGarry McNabb, Tristan Field-Jones is here, Kelly Moore is here, Jeff Forte is here, and as we've been telling you in Global News, there will soon be fewer options if you're taking short-haul flights because Air Canada is dumping its routes from Winnipeg to Saskatoon and Thunder Bay, effective March 31st and 30th, respectively. And they are also going to be reducing their service between Winnipeg and Regina from twice daily to once a day. So we wanted to have a conversation about air travel and how it is getting more difficult at times well, to direct get to where flights. you need to go. Yeah, like the, it seems like direct flights are few and far between unless you're doing like those major hubs like mm-hmm. Toronto even Vancouver, I don't even know. Like, there's, there's direct a, flights, yeah. but you often have to go. Like, my mom just came from there, and she had to stop in Edmonton. Uh, just depended. Might have been just a cheaper yeah. option. Who's to say? But direct flights are really hard to get. Well, they are. I know when we came home from Vegas on on Sunday, we came through Vancouver. Yuck! So it was like a nine hour, twelve hour day Plus to come going home back, right like you're well, going west yeah, more to go or east. less yeah north and a little bit west absolutely we flew direct on the way down and that was only because out of the kindness of the WestJet rep when we went there we asked if there was any way we could get on the direct flight that was leaving two hours later she managed to get us on on that flight that aside I bet you half the plane that was going from Vegas to Vancouver 
was going to Winnipeg afterward. They could easily have yeah. filled another direct flight. The, you know what? The very same thing happened on our uh, vacation. We were able to fly direct to our destination in Puerto Vallarta. And when I had originally booked the flight back in the, the late spring, we had a, our usual direct flight. We've taken it so many times. I know what the flight numbers are, for God's sakes. Uh, but... Then, uh, I don't know, it was September, October, we received this friendly email from WestJet. Oh, by the way, on your trip home, now you're going to go through Calgary. Mm. (laughs) Oh, no. And that's the first time that's happened? Yeah, and that turned that day the same type of thing. Instead of a five-hour, four-and-a-half-hour flight or whatever, it turned into nine or ten hours. Yeah, yeah, it's it sucks. I mean, it, obviously, it's still cool that you can get on a plane. Yes, and even if you course. stop in, you have to make a stop or even two stops that you can end up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away that same day. But it's a pain having to make those stopovers, especially if you have a tight connection. Like I remember flying from Vegas to Denver and then Winnipeg, and Denver, they their connections are always super tight because that that airport is laid out. Rather yeah. nicely, it's a sort of a, a very clean design. But because of that, they give you like a thirty-minute connection, and if your plane is even five minutes late, you are uh, it's running. A scramble. Yeah. 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 So I don't particularly care for that. Now, as far if you are concerned about these flights, by the way, Winnipeg still will have daily with uh, Winnipeg Regina service on WestJet Encore, as well as twice daily between Winnipeg and Saskatoon. So what will Air Canada do then? Like, will you go on a milk run to get? Will you go to Calgary? You'd have to go. No, to no, Cal- no. But I'm thinking more of the Winnipeg to Thunder Bay flight that well, they used have to, to have. Go, you'd probably have to go to Toronto, Toronto, Toronto and Calgary. then double back. Yeah, and you, and you can still fly. I guess you could fly into Regina on there once, like they're cutting their service from twice a day to once a day, so you could take the the flight to Regina to try to get into Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah, a little hopper but, over. Yeah, or whatever, but now yeah. that that your two hours understood has turned yeah. into six or seven, yeah. and it, the airlines. I don't know, Tristan, the last time you were on a plane. It's been a while. I don't do a lot of flying. Well, I can tell you, I don't remember the last time that I was on a plane that wasn't full. Yeah, it, I agree with you. There's all, most of the flights I've been on lately have have been well, pretty well packed to the rafters. And that's, this is the way I look at this too from Air Canada's perspective. Aren't you basically just handing WestJet an opportunity here or any other competitors saying, hey, by the way, Air Canada abandoned this, but we won't and we'll take it. I mean, I just look at that from a business. I understand it's less profitable, so you got to do what you got to do. But on the flip side, though, that just looks like an opportunity that some other airline is just going to latch on to right away and say, here you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, and maybe maybe it's just Air Canada's, as you you pointed out, business model economics. Maybe their their business model plays better into the longer routes or mm-hmm. the, the main routes, right? Uh, you know, you so funneling everything through the Toronto's and the Calgary's. Well, and the that Vancouver's. hub and spoke or whatever the terminology yeah. is is something that a lot of the U.S. airlines have been using for a long time, and it's being used more and more often, and that's why you're ending up on smaller aircraft uh, more often. But you used to be able to have a time of year, like when Kelly would go to Mexico, for example, where you'd get at least the direct flights. Like, I understand that they wouldn't be able to offer them year-round because that's costly, and they'd have different numbers, different times of year. But I know a growing number of people who've been to Mexico, like Kelly, Phoenix recently, family members went there, where it used to be direct was an option and now there's always at least one flight no. either there or coming home that's taking you not even close to where yeah, you're no, going you're, like, you're, and, and i've heard people go phoenix toronto winnipeg oh, sometimes you see like, it all it's the just time. outrageous yeah. you see it all the time and and you know look i don't think that airfares are 
much different now than they were 10 years ago. That says a lot. It's clearly because the business model, the, they're doing their due diligence to, to keep competitive and to keep us flying, but that's the trade-off. Do you want more expensive, less expensive, or do you just want to get there faster? That's the choice. It was what many were calling a do-or-die situation for the NDP last night. But in the end, leader Jagmeet Singh won a crucial by-election in Burnaby South, meaning he now has a seat in the House of Commons. Thank you, my friends. My friends, we have eight more months to show people that there is a better choice for Canadians, that people can vote for those who are on their side. We are on the side of people. We're going to fight for people. Obviously happy there, but it wasn't entirely good news for the NDP last night. They did lose a seat to the Liberals in a Quebec by-election. So for more on what this means as we head into that fall election that you just heard Singh reference and how the SNC-Lavalin scandal may or may not have an impact, we're joined by David Aiken, Chief Political Correspondent for Global News. Good morning, David. How are you doing? We're very well. What do we take from these results? Uh, expected or unexpected? Uh, all the results were expected, that the Liberals would win Outremont, that's the Quebec riding, that the Conservatives would win a riding north of Toronto, York-Simcoe, it's a riding that they'd held for a long time, and that Burnaby South, where Jagmeet Singh won, uh, should be NDP. The Burnaby has been electing new Democrats since 1968. So in that sense, uh, the top line, the winner, all expected. But I'm looking down a little bit at some of the, uh, some of the other results. Let's talk, start with uh, Quebec and Outremont. This is the writing that Tom Mulcair had, and it's, uh, it, it, its symbolic value as the beachhead that launched the orange wa- wave you know, can't be overstated. So the fact that the NDP lost in Outremont, uh, I think, is uh, you know, presaging things to come. Uh, One-third of the NDP caucus in 2015 came from Quebec. Uh, they're now down a seat. Four MPs uh, of the 15 left have already said they're not running. This week, two more said they weren't running. So in the same week that Jagmeet Singh wins, he, he, two MPs say, I'm not going to be with you in uh, 2015. And here's something else. One of the stars of the NDP caucus, Nathan Cullen, he still hasn't decided if he's going to run in 2015. He said he'd make a decision after last night's by-election. So that's not good. Um, and the Green Party did tremendously well in uh, Outremont. They, uh, they got like uh, 12% of the vote which tripled what they had. And I read that as a lot of voters who don't like Justin Trudeau's policy, but said, I can't vote for Jagmeet Singh and the NDP. These progressives picked green. And we've seen that in some provincial uh, elections where disaffected voters, unhappy with the mainline parties, picked the green vote. And in Burnaby South, we saw some voters who were unhappy with the mainline conservative party pick Maxime Bernier's new party, the People's Party of Canada, they won with more, or they didn't win, they, they garnered more than 10% of the vote. This is the PPC of Maxime Bernier in Burnaby South. And that meant that the Conservatives finished uh, a dismal third place. And I think that's got to get Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives a bit worried that it looks like Bernier's party is for real. And in some writings, at least, they can take as much as 10% of the vote away from the Conservatives. That's uh, that's a big problem for Sheer. So, David, the PPC vote and the Green vote, as you highlighted them in those uh, two different ridings, do those amount to protest votes, in your mind, towards the NDP and towards the Liberal? I think they're sort of protest votes toward mainline parties. And let me just pick up on the provincial election. Um, you know, New Brunswick had a provincial election just a couple of months ago. And whereas it used to be 95% of voters there would vote blue or red, you know, blue door, red door. 
Only 70% did that. And there in New Brunswick, a lot of people voted green. A lot of people voted for a new people's kind of party in New Brunswick. In Ontario, the first Green Party MLA ever elected in Ontario happened in a riding where that uh, used to be liberal and people just said, heck with these same old, same old. We, we're going to see it in Alberta in a couple of months where the NDP, which once was the new, new thing in Alberta, likely loses to another brand new party that has risen up out of the ashes of some old mainline parties, the UCP. So, you know, all across the country, we're seeing signs at the ballot box that a significant number of voters, you know, 10, 12, 15 percent in some ridings are saying, I, I don't want the same old choices I've always had. I want something new. That might be Maxime Bernier's party. It might be Elizabeth May's Green Party that people use to express their dissatisfaction, again, with uh, the NDP, the Liberals, or the Conservatives. We've been looking to see what dissatisfaction might be expressed down the road, David, when it comes to the Liberals and the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, Is it too early to read the tea leaves into that for a fall election in the sense of what's been happening there? And just yesterday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau issuing that waiver that will allow the former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould to speak uh, and have those discussions. Will that help calm the anger or will this be an ongoing election issue? It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know if it's going to calm things. We'll have to see what Jody Wilson-Raybould says, but it's not been good for the Liberals. Um, we had a poll out last week uh, from our partner, polling partner Ipsos Reid, that suggested, yes, this Ipsos, this uh, SNC-Lavalin thing is hurting the Liberals. They are leaking support. And this morning, there's another poll out from the Angus Reid Institute based out of Vancouver that says the same thing. Nationally right now, according to Angus Reid, the Conservatives are leading by seven points over the Trudeau Liberals. So at the very least, these, this SNC-Lavalin matter has made things a lot more interesting. It's going to be a lot more competitive in the months ahead. As I say, the Liberals are leaking support. Conservatives doing okay. The NDP still languishing in these national numbers, though, you know, down around 14%, and that's not good. And I know a lot of people think it's going to be great when Jagmeet Singh gets into the House of Commons, but you know what? That's going to be a while. It takes several days for Elections Canada to, to finalize these votes, then the House of Commons is off for the first two weeks in March. The MPs are back in the ridings. They come back on March the 18th for the budget, and then they're off for another couple of weeks. So, And then in April, they're only sitting for two weeks. So Jagmeet Singh is not going to have a lot of opportunity to go toe-to-toe with Trudeau or Scheer um, once he gets to the House of Commons, and he probably won't do that until, uh, until March 18th. So great win for him, but his party's still languishing in the polls, and Spring is not the time to get a lot of visibility in the House of Commons. David Aiken, Chief Political Correspondent for Global News. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. And this week, we're talking to Winnipeg's own Andrew Harris, bomber running back, leading rusher in the CFL in 2018. But even though this is a football segment, we're going to start on the ice because Andrew was recently featured on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Yesterday was the NHL trade deadline, so we figured we'll start with hockey. And we started by asking Andrew, how big of a hockey fan are you? It was my, my first love as a sport, and uh, you know I still play um, to this day. I'm probably on the ice three or four times a week um, in the offseason. And uh, you know I love going to games, and um, you know I'm, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a big big hockey fan. Uh, I mean, I love playing I like playing football, but I, I really love playing hockey. So it's uh, it's one of those things where you know uh, anytime I can get out there to play or, or watch a game, I'm all over it. Did you you just said you're on the ice three to four times a week? Where are you playing? Is it a rec league or beer league or what's what's going on? 
Yeah, I play I play in a rec league at the Highlander, um, and then I play in the Winnipeg Central League, and I also play uh, spare with um, a team at the Dakota League. So, um, yeah, I'm playing playing quite a bit. It's good for me for my cross training. I mean, you, when when you skate, you use different muscles, different kind of cardio, um, and and you know, with our climate, you can't really be outside running too much. So, it's a good way for me to to keep my cardio up and 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 activate some different muscle groups and. Um, and it definitely beats running at a treadmill or on a, on a, or a, a spin a spin class or something like that. So it's a good way for me to uh, to stay active, um, keep my muscles dynamic and moving. And um, it's it's been a great cross trainer for me um, as far as you know staying staying fit in the off season. What position do you play? I usually play center. Wow, do guys come after you harder because you're Andrew Harris? No, I I I don't. I, I think guys probably let up a little bit. I mean, one guy slashed me. A couple a couple months ago, and and uh, he was like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry," right away on the wrist. So, well, no I mean, one I wants try, to be responsible to... for hurting a, a blue bomber. They'd be in a lot for of trouble sure. for that. And, and I mean, I'm I'm sure there's other sides of the coin where where someone you know would try to try to do it just to say they did it. But uh, for the most part, I just stay out of the out of the out of the stuff like that, and and you know just just go out there for the fun of the game. Uh, I mean, like everyone, everyone's got to go to work tomorrow, and you know I got to go train the next day. So I mean, it's um, you know there are situations where it does get a little competitive and a little chippy, but for the most part, uh, it, it's all fun. So it's great. So you you've essentially answered one of the questions we were going to ask you. What do you do to pass the time in the off season? So I guess outside of hockey, what else do you do to pass the time uh, when you're not working out? Well, this um, this this off season is a bit more uh, more busy than usual. I'm getting married in April, so been uh, been doing the wedding plans and getting all that organized. So that's that's been uh, um, a big a big 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 side side a part of uh, the off season as far as keeping busy. I also coach my daughter's uh, soccer team, um, so we're, we're we play three times a week. Practice practice twice a week, once a, once a week uh, for games. And then um, I'm actually building um, a nine-unit uh, apartment building right now as well. So um, doing some real estate development and uh, and and also doing some some courses and stuff as well. So I stay pretty busy, and uh, you know I like to go snowmobiling and uh, ice fishing and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty busy throughout the off season, and um, you know it's it's you know that the, the six months during the season, you're 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 all in football. So. You know, we don't have the, uh, the the most attractive climate for the American guys or some, most people, but I embrace the cold, the snow, and uh, get out get out there and enjoy it. So, uh, I mean, I, I love being back in Winnipeg. I love being here, and uh, it's uh, you know, my off seasons are a lot of fun for me. Can you honestly say yet you love the cold? I do. I, I mean, when it's when it's when it's as cold as it is, it is you know, the last couple of days here, it's uh, I mean, minus thirty with the wind chill is not not ideal. But I mean, on the weekend it was it was minus nine and beautiful and. Um, you know, so those those kind of days are uh, are, are great days for me. And uh, I mean, again, just get outside and enjoy it, embrace it. I mean, we just moved out to the country, so there's tons of snow out here. Me and my daughter, mate, we're making snow forts and snowmobiling, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's lots of fun. Andrew Harris really enjoying being back home in Winnipeg. It's breakfast with the Bombers, and we are talking to running back Andrew Harris. So it seems like there's even more excitement surrounding the Blue Bombers this year, especially from the football club's perspective, just from what I can glean from the team's social media. Like there was a just a parade of announcements on their social media on acquisitions and extensions, and they're making a really big deal out of it as though to send a message to the rest of the CFL, hey, we're coming for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think every team is 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 got a lot of new acquisitions. There was there was a lot of free agents this, this past year, um, so there's been a lot of shifting um, of players and 
you know, for us, we, we had such a strong year last year. And, and for the most part, our, our nucleus of our team is, is, is a good, great group of guys. And, uh, you know, we tried to keep that, you know, as, as sound as possible and, and bringing in new guys that will fit in well. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, since I, since I got back to Winnipeg, you know, it's been three years now. And um, I've, seen, I've seen a big shift in the confidence and the expectation um, level of play, the level of you know how we practice, and it's gotten the expectation has been raised every every year, and the success and and uh, the outcome has been has been better every year. So you know we're on the right path, we're doing the right things, and we've got a great group of guys in the locker room and a great great set of coaches as well. So um, you know it's it's great to be part of this organization and this club, and you know it's amazing to be able to do it uh, in my hometown as well. For you personally, Andrew, you had uh, coming off quite a amazing season the career high 1390 yards leading the league in rushing what do you do to to motivate yourself I, you obviously are a very motivated guy you're keeping your days full and you're very very busy but what do you do to get yourself to that next level if that if there even is one for you I mean I I just I just delete every every bit of success out of my head I mean I I always have I like to play with a chip on my shoulder and and uh, with that feeling that all the odds are stacked against me and everyone's doubting me. And, you know, now now, now the transition is that, you know, I'll be 32. Oh, he's too old to play now. Oh, he's too old to, you know, be this guy. So for me, I'm, I'm fighting this now and, and, and the critics and saying, oh, yeah, he's going to start slowing down soon. So for me, I just, um, you know, there's always there's always got to be something that motivates you. I mean, so that's 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 one for sure. But ultimately, you know, my, my family motivates me. You know, um, my my daughter, my and my fiance. You know, those, my my and the people that mean the most to me. Those, those are the ones that motivate me and keep me going, and 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 wanting to you know be successful for them and 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 for our life. And um, so I mean, ultimately, that's that's what it comes down to. But uh, you know, from the football side of things, the media side of things, there's always little things that you can kind of kind of lean on and and uh, and get to motivate you. And you know, ultimately, the biggest one is 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 to win a Grey Cup. And you know, obviously, everyone knows and talks about the joke here in Winnipeg and and you know when I came back here that was that was my number one goal is to, to bring a great cup back to Winnipeg. Bomber running back Andrew Harris in conversation with us for breakfast with the Bombers. The drought, Greg, he wants to address the drought. And so he should. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. And to have that voice in the dressing room, to have a player that's born and raised in Winnipeg to be your top dog in the dressing room, to be a leader, and so that all the other players that come in from the U.S. or even other parts of Canada, Andrew Harris can make them understand what it means to be a Blue Bomber, what it means to live in Winnipeg, what the fans mean to the team, and what this what this 29-year drought means to the fans. He, convey, he can convey all that. To new players and players that don't understand, I think it goes a really goes a really long way. Once again, Breakfast of the Bombers brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. So I, I guess, Greg, we made kind of a big deal of, out of the fact that a few months back I finally signed up for Twitter. I gave in to the resistance. I and? couldn't resist no more. I, I I don't follow a ton of people, and I don't have a lot of notifications because I can't. I I follow like I get notifications from Winnipeg Police, from the City of Winnipeg, and from RCMP just in case something important pops up while we're doing the show. But other than that, I just I can't stand the parade of notifications. It would be just constant. But I do. I've come to look forward to tweets from the RCMP. Mm-hmm. The at, RCMP at RCMP MB. Their feed has partially become a source of entertainment for me because they have fun 
with the tickets, with the tweets that they send out about traffic violations. And they've decided to take this to, I think the idea would be, you know what, like, we're not laughing at this, but we want to point out the ridiculous of ridiculousness of some of these uh, crimes or offenses or whatever you want to call them, because they are so outrageous. The one yesterday was... What? Yeah, we had two yesterday that made me just kind of go, what the heck is going on? So here's the first one we wanted to point out, in case you've missed it, in Global News with Tristan Field-Jones. It reads, 17-year-old male was driving home from school on Friday doing 190, 190 kilometers an hour in a 100 zone on Highway 34. Told the officer he was stressed out about school and needed to get home quickly. Find... $1,228 and served a serious offense notice for a license review with MPI. Hashtag no excuses. $1,200. That's crazy. No. Yeah. What's crazy is that this person was going 190 kilometers per hour. That's Fair crazy. Enough. That Fair is enough. that is beyond irresponsible. Uh, the word stupid comes to mind. This individual needs to go back to school, A, to learn and understand well, what can happen. At one, he can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. <laughs> and he also needs to, or she, we don't know if it's a he or she, do we? 17-year-old yeah, male. He, yeah, yeah, there we go. He, um, sorry, I just, I'm seeing red well, about this. It needs better excuses. <laughs> It's a horrible excuse. It's not just his age because there was another tweet from the RCMP last night in Manitoba. A 28-year-old Illinois man caught going 153 near the border. Is that near St. Jean-Baptiste? 153 kilometers per hour. And he said he was just trying to make it to the border before it closed. Does the border close on 75? I don't think so. I don't think so. It it certainly has different hours at uh, 59 and and other locations. But anyway, he was charged... $744 $744 for speeding, 672 for careless driving. That's that's a $1,416 ticket for speeding uh, 53 kilometers over the speed limit. Yeah, that's under 1000 bucks American, though. He's getting a deal. Maybe, yeah. he, thought he, he's he, maybe he thought he was going off. miles per hour. And the, the road conditions <laughs> were poor in this instance as well. So, yeah, just a couple of crazy situations from the RCMP. And this is sort of a common thing whenever they, like, if you go through their feed on Twitter or on Instagram as well, well, they post all this stuff on their Instagram too, but it's just the, the, whenever there's a traffic violation, they usually point out, as you pointed out, the the ridiculousness of it. And just for fun, they did that trick that uh, we often see this picture on Global's social media, Loren, where you take the the cup hot of water. hot water yeah. or whatever and throw it into the freezing air. Yeah, they went to where was this done? This is done on Snow Lake yesterday, so it was minus thirty seven temp. Felt like minus fifty with the wind chill. Good gracious! And the RCMP instead of uh, I don't know how long they stood out there, but they had some fun. They did that little trick where if you throw it into the air, it turns into snow or ice pellets or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they said they had leftover hot water in the kettle, so they decided to have some fun. Well, I like it when. There'll be a game, uh, in particular Labor Day weekend or a banjo bowl. The RCMP in Saskatchewan and RCMP in Manitoba will get in on the rivalry between the Blue Bombers and the Rough Riders and and talk about this invasion from the east or invasion from the west and <laughs> to be on the lookout for vehicles bearing the license plates of enemy <laughs> enemy fans and, and they will be welcome or unwelcome depending on, on who's tweeting it out. It's all very entertaining. I, I like when they get involved in this. And and you know what? Good on them because you need to market these stories and tell them. And let's face it, not all of them are going to get into the news. And the best way for them to get into the news is for them to become popular on social media. And then we have no choice but 
to discuss them. And one of the responses that somebody put out uh, to the the tweet about the 17-year-old who was doing 190 appears to be driving a Ford sedan. Somebody says, Fords can go that fast? <laughs> so, yeah. My Pontiac, <laughs> yeah. Ford, I pushed Ford that to low. 165 on Dougal back when I was about seven or 16 years old. That's as fast as I've ever driven, and it was scary, and it was stupid, and never again. This isn't an Autobahn. I'm, you know, I'm not on a, on a drag st- or a drag racing strip here. Don't drive that fast. It's just stupid. Mackling McGarry McNabb. Question of the day for yesterday afternoon was, are the Winnipeg Jets a better team after the moves they made at the trade deadline? 68% said no. A couple new players won't make enough of a difference. 32% say yes, bring on Lord Stanley. Well, a couple of people in this room can weigh in on that. Greg Mackling, of course, is a big sportsing guy. But Kelly Moore is probably a bigger sportsing guy. You guys want to go head-to-head and see which one of you is the bigger sportsman? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going head-to-head with this man. Are you kidding me? I want them to go head-to-head and just say yes or no. Good moves yesterday or no? Like, Yes or no? I think uh, Kevin Hayes was an excellent acquisition. Kelly Moore, what yeah, say you? I agree 100%. And a lot of people say, yeah, but they could have had Mark Stone. Yes, they could have had Mark Stone for two or three months. But they would not have been able to sign him to the type of contract he would have commanded beyond that because the Winnipeg Jets are such a good team and they have contracts to other players that they have to fulfill. So in order to get stoned, you would have had to given up a good young asset who will start for you down the road. With Kevin Hayes, they they did give up a good young player in Brendan Lemieux, but that was a player they felt that they could afford to lose. So where does Hayes goes and go in this lineup? And, and does Little move down? Like, how does it all happen with everybody? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think initially what they will probably do is they'll have Little and Perot in some combination of a third, 3A, 3B type of line, because they're not going to mess with Tanev, Kopp, and Lowry, providing Tanev is healthy. Uh, but I think you could probably see Hayes start uh, with Connor and Ehlers on that second line. I think they'll keep uh, Patrick Lyonet with Shifley and Wheeler for the for the short term at uh, least anyway. Not unreasonable to imagine Ross Levick, Little, Perot as yes. your, like you as, say, you your yeah. 3B. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a pretty strong not a bad third line. Yeah, or fourth, however you <laughs> want however to slot yeah. them. Yeah, this, it'll be Your third scoring line. Yeah, if you need offense, then you'd probably put those guys out. If you need to protect a, a lead, then right. you'd probably lean a little bit more on Lowry, uh, Kopp, and Tana. So the other big question yesterday Yesterday is Josh Morrissey and his yeah. health. He went down in the third period, down in, in Glendale versus Arizona. Lots of people speculating on a shoulder, collarbone. Doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah. What it matters is how long how is long? he going yeah. to be out of the lineup. Yeah, and and judge just by how the Jets maneuvered their roster yesterday. I don't know this officially, but I am going to say I have a strong hunch Morrissey's going on IR because. Kevin Hayes would take Brendan Lemieux's spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. Per uh, Lindholm would take Nick Patan's spot on the roster. They sent Appleton and Pullman to the Moose, so that would be Hendricks and Kaselovich. Therefore, you would still need another roster spot for Nathan Beaulieu. And that would be Josh Morrissey, because Dustin Bufflin was already on IR, mm-hmm. along with Joe Morrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to presume, based on what they did, 
that uh, uh, Josh Morrissey's going on IR. There was a, a strong belief that the the Jets already needed another you know depth defenseman on the left yeah, hand they side. Made, they would have made a deal anyway. Did they did they did they miss out maybe on Adam McQuaid from the Rangers based on the situation, <sighs> or is Bolu uh, someone that can come in yeah. and, and take time? And the and the reason why is Bolu is a better skater than Adam McQuaid. Adam McQuaid brings a totally different element. His teammates absolutely love him because mm-hmm. the guy sticks up for his his buddies. Uh, but I think with the kind of pace that the Jets want to play with, Bolu is a better fit from that perspective than Adam McQuaid. Okay. Jets play the Wild tonight, and uh, one of the players we're getting is a former Jet, former Wild, Hendricks, Matt Hendricks coming yes. back. And I'll, yeah. I saw you responding yesterday because there's Boy, myself. Boy, I had a tremendous amount of feedback on that <laughs> I saw you on Twitter saying uh, everybody was giving it the old, am I even allowed to say this? The WT, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I get nervous. I get nervous. Yeah. I have kids now. So I just say, oh gosh. And they're listening right now. Yeah. So what the? What yeah. the heck? So he's coming back. Yeah. That's a good move in your mind. Well, in my opinion, it is. Now, if if you're ju- judging this based on, oh, God, you know, Matt Hendricks is going to play for the, the Jets. That makes him a poor team. Matt Hendricks will be able to play on an occasional basis. But it's it's just it's what he brings to a lineup. It's what he brings to the people around him. Like heart. You're talking this more about what he heart, says and does. leadership, what he says. You know, I, I, I'm never going to compare him to a Mike Keene, but it's the Mike Keene type of principle that we are discussing here. May I say this? If Matt Hendricks gets into this lineup, Big Jets, things have gone seriously wrong, injury-wise or this team is in a major slide, Kelly. There's no way Matt Hendricks should be seeing the ice with this version of the Winnipeg Jets. I, well, th- again, it'll you be can a- disagree with me, but well, that's my take it, on it. There will be extenuating circumstances. It, you know, again, it'll be largely dependent on on the health of the team. He's there as a depth player. He sure. knows that, but he's the kind of a guy who can be a depth player and still make a contribution without being in uniform. I can't put it any more succinctly than that. But One, you're saying you don't think he should play. I don't think he should be p- playing, and I don't think that's the intention. I think the intention is for him to be here to help in the dressing room and do some things. He's got a ton of intangibles. We heard about the effect that he had in Edmonton, and the Edmonton Oilers regretted letting him go when he came to Winnipeg. Clearly, there is a method to, to Chevy's madness on this, and, and who knows, maybe it had been a request from Paul Maurice. One individual who did not get into the lineup very often this year for the Winnipeg yeah. Jets was number 19, ironic that every player on the ice on Sunday night for the Jets and for the Coyotes was wearing number 19. Uh, Nick Patan, now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, This is a a favor, really, that that Kevin Sheveldayoff promised to do for Nick Patan in his camp if if he didn't get playing time here. Yeah, and I think it speaks volumes about what a professional Nick Patan was under extremely trying conditions and of course the year began with the passing of his father so uh you know nick patan class act wish him all the best in going forward go to that mackling mcgarry and mcnab we want to talk about ambulances in a moment but i i, I have to share this this fun fact i just learned about sneezing because i it i think it would help a lot of people jeff forte He's fighting through a cold right now, and good on you, man. But what did you just teach our executive producer, Kim Lawson, in our newsroom? That, well, when I, it happens for me. When I look at the light, it helps me sneeze. The sun's the same if you look at the sun. 
Yeah. Well, don't look at the sun. You're not supposed to look at the sun. Look in its direction. Directly. Give me a break. Just look at the sun. You can look at the sun. It's not an eclipse on. Like you just don't stare at it for hours on end. It'll make you sneeze. Try it. Yeah, it's it works for eighteen to thirty-five percent of the population. It's called reflexive sneezing, and it doesn't always work for me, but it does sometimes. If I feel a sneeze coming on, I want to promote it. I'll stare at a light and. Boom, baby. I need, I need to remember this. Did it, did you get it out? Oh, no. It, uh, I just blew my nose, but... It's, oh, it's, it didn't it's, come it's out? Stuck, <laughs> it's stuck in there somewhere, so... Well, that's the worst when you feel a sneeze coming on and you get that... Ah, 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 and then it goes away. So, yeah. It's you, very it's, dissatisfying. Yeah, it's yeah. very disappointing. You, you get robbed. Yes. Yeah, a good sneeze is very satisfying. I love when there's nobody around and I don't have to cover my mouth or my nose or anything and just... Let it go, baby. I like to make a noise so like a... gross. Sorry. <laughs> so gross. Guess where that usually is, Lorenz. Oh, just spray In it. the garage. Ugh, Nobody wait. else goes in there anyway. Nobody else can fit. It's Cars perfect. can't go, just Greg. Yeah, just room for Greg. Right. It's my sneezing room. I used to have a colleague who I will, <laughs> I will not name who would sneeze onto the floor, but it would still... Well, of course. <laughs> Splash zone. I hope he's listening because I have said to him explicitly, you're disgusting. So. I don't want to out him. No, there or are. Her, s- but him for his sneezing habits. There are some things so that that offend you and bother you that that I agree with you with, and then there are some you know you, you are offended by some things that really shouldn't be, you know, offensive. Have you ever stopped to just think about the fact that it's you, not me? <laughs> Oh, I, I analyze that. <laughs> Trust me, there's a flow chart. There's an Excel spreadsheet on all this stuff. And for the most part, it's not me. It's you. Oh, classic breakup line. It's not you, it's me. But it's really you. Thank you very much, Tristan Field-Jones, and thank you for tuning in to The Start this morning. My name is Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Just want to quickly mention, uh, it's I Love to Read Month, and I will be visiting a Cole Howden in Windsor Park this afternoon, reading to uh, grade 2 and grade 5 class, I believe. It's a French immersion school, so I think I'm going to try to dust off the French a little bit, because I went to Collège Pierre-Elliott Trudeau. And uh, I'm going to see if they're going to let me read to the kids in French. It could be a disaster, though. It could be dégueulasse, as Tristan Field-Jones might say. <laughs> I was at sure, means at, what? Ridiculous? Oh, Disgusting. ridiculous. Tristan, oh. Tristan's still in there. No. What does dégueulasse mean, Tristan? Oh, dégueulasse. Yeah, it means disgusting. Gross, essentially. Gross. You can also say dégoutant. Which means? Which means also, also disgust, gross. Disgusting. Also more oh. disgusting. Yeah. You're more disgusting. Synonyms. French synonyms with oh. Tristan Field-Jones. Those are the, the words he uses to describe me. So thank you very much, Tristan. <laughs> Fun words to say. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. You had an experience last week. Yeah, right? I was at Sherwood uh, School. So we'll say uh, a big hello out there to everyone at Sher- Sherwood School. It was a great time. You know, one of the best times of the year is this I Love to Read month and getting out with the, with the teachers. Teachers... Some of the my favorite people are the, on the planet are teachers, so I have a lot of time for teachers. And then to see the little kids who have no idea who you are, they they unless the teachers kind of te- taught them up and they they don't they CJOB what is that? Or they're super. My like I get asked every time I read at a school, do you make a lot of money? And then you say <laughs> no, and you proceed to explain to them the range to which it lands, and then they just are very very disappointed. <laughs> In me and where I've gone in life. They started off high, like, oh, 
<laughs> well, I, you guys Should would, I be something else then when I grow up? Yes. <laughs> you, you guys would be uh, you guys would be proud of me then. I I played one slot machine in Las Vegas and I tripled my daily salary. <laughs> I went from ten dollars to thirty five. <laughs> Atta boy, atta boy, big spender. I did really well. I, I was up, and I thought, you know what? There's no, there's no need to go down any other deviant roads while I'm in Las Vegas. That that was that was the extent. Other than uh, a couple of drinks, uh, Sin City was was not really Sin City for me, but I sure enjoyed it. It doesn't have to be. That's the best part about Vegas. You make I think it has the, still like the drinking and the gambling and all the rest, but the food is is fantastic. The oh, shopping is good. Food. Oh, the my entertainment. Word. I mean, aside from the shows and all the rest, you went to ho- the hockey game the with hockey the Jets. Game was spectacular. Very well done. I couldn't get over how popular Ryan Reeves is. Of course, he was he scored the series clinching goal in the Western Conference final against the Jets. And then now they have a brand new Winnipegger in their lineup. They acquired the Golden Knights did Mark Stone from Ottawa yesterday. And they greeted him with pomp and circumstance at the airport this morning. They had cheerleaders there a and a drum line. line. And it was tw- it was midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And they had their their hideous hideous mascot there. What is I don't that, know, by the way? I don't know if it's a lizard or I don't know what So it's is. not a knight? It's not a knight. Although the, the knights are everywhere. Right. They put this ridiculous rock at center ice and, and the, they, 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 they send out this this, I don't know what he is, some sort of knight, I suppose, carrying a Winnipeg Jets flag and he's too weak to pull the sword from the rock. And of course, the golden knight then comes that, yeah. out and pulls the sword from the rock without any difficulty. And this sends the crowd into a frenzy because <laughs> this is supposed to be emblematic of what will happen in the game. Well, that's not how it went down. Their mascot, by the way, is, uh, a, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, a Gila monster oh, yes. named Gila. Chance. Yeah, okay. He's no gritty. He's no gritty. Do you like gritty now? I do. Who I think, don't you, wouldn't you agree everyone likes gritty now? Yes, but at the beginning, right? And I, I say this, this is what I say about gritty. He is everything that's correct and right with regard to presenting a mascot and all things wrong at the very same time. He's hideous looking. He's yeah. lovely. And he's got his own... Gritty has his own social media account. Yeah, it's like 12 and, million Twitter and followers. And it's hilarious. Like, he's, he's always so doing something funny. He and went streaking at the outdoor game the other night. <laughs> oh, he has a ridiculous belly button, and the cops were chasing him down. He he ripped off his Flyers jersey, went streaking in the quad. <laughs> and his entrance at the outdoor game on, I guess it was Friday night, was absolutely spectacular at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. So, his, uh, uh, full marks naked to Gritty. Greedy, naked Gritty is about as you'd imagine it, by the way. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of orange muffin top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm looking at the pictures right now of Gritty. I could have done without seeing Naked Gritty. I'm going to be honest. But no, he's he's great. I love what they're doing with that. Tonight, Jets game, play against the Wild, Greg. Yeah, they Uh, do. Is everybody, are all the new additions in the lineup tonight? Uh, I don't know if they'll be in the lineup. I would suspect they'll all be in Winnipeg. We expect Kevin Hayes wearing number 12. He wore 13 in Minnesota. And boy, I had a I hate the word brain fart, but I did yesterday. I said, well, oh, that's interesting that uh, he's not wearing 13 because Kyle Wellwood wore 13 for the Jets. And then Jay Richardson, the uh, public address announcer at the Jets games, goes, and uh, Brendan Tanev wears 13 now. That might be why. 
Right. Kevin he Hayes isn't wearing number. 13. He forgot about Tanner. I forgot about Tanner. He's, he's, he's not forgettable these days. No, he's been he's, playing he's great. He's tenacious. Yeah. But yesterday, a really cool story. We have time to tell tell this real yep. quick. Yep. Michael Granlund, who uh, was with the Minnesota Wild, uh, the general manager of the Wild now is former Winnipeg Jet. Paul Fenton. Yep. Paul Fenton trades Grandlin to Nashville, the Jets' arch nemesis in a lot of situations and cases. Well, Grandlin's fiance was in the middle of having a baby yesterday. So not bad enough that you're getting moved, the only team you've ever played for, but your fiance's pregnant and not only pregnant, but giving birth whilst you get traded. And it had me thinking about a story about Winnipeg Jet legend, former Winnipeg Jet Eddie Olchuk, who's traded to Winnipeg twice, and he tells the story about the time he got traded to Winnipeg the first time, November 10th, 1990. My wife goes into labor. On a scale of 1 to 10, she's about an 8. She's getting ready to give birth. <laughs> and I get a tap on the shoulder from the nurse going, uh, the Toronto Maple, uh, I, I was in Toronto at the time, the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the phone. They want to talk to you. I go, not now. My wife's on her back. She's getting ready to have the baby. No, no, they really want to talk to you. I leave the delivery room. I go to the nurse's station. They get on the phone. The general manager goes, uh, how's your wife doing? I go, I'm going to be at the game. We had a game that night. I'm going to be there. He goes, well, call us before you come. I said, I'm not calling you before I come. So what happens? He goes, I hate to tell you this, but we just traded you to the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> so I go back in the delivery room. My wife is going, where in the hell have you been? I'm like, oh, my aunt's sick. Where are we going? I said, what? Where are we going? Where, where are we going? I thought, I thought it was a game. She knew. I said, guess. She goes, Winnipeg. I go, come on. I, thought, I mean, my wife's special as it is. And Baby popped out right yeah, there. Uh, no, 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 no. Thomas Holchek was not born for four hours. Oh, gosh. And one of the greatest places I ever played was in Winnipeg. Winnipeg had a great affection for Eddie O. That story he tells in more extensive detail. And when they made eye contact, when Eddie made eye contact with his wife, she looked at him and he looked at her and it was like she said like Winnipeg of course you're going to Winnipeg well how about this so that trade on November 10th 1990 it was Mark Osborne and Ed Olchuk who came from Toronto to Winnipeg going the other way to the Toronto Maple Leafs legendary defenseman Dave Ellett we've had Dave Ellett and Ed Olchuk on this show over the last uh, several years Paul Fenton also, part of that deal as a Winnipeg Jet went to Toronto. So he's involved in that story of somebody giving birth on the day that they're traded twice. Wow. I think there's a list of things that are most stressful in life, and two of them are having your first, having a baby and moving and to do both of those pretty much at the same time. Well, and, and a new job, actually. Sorry. So he's got a new three, job in Winnipeg. Three most stressful things. Right. Got to move. And oh, by the way, you're, you've just had a baby. So. Yeah. Oh, and you're moving from the center of the universe to where are we going? Winnipeg. Yeah. So I Go actually, when I Winnipeg. moved back to Winnipeg, this is exactly what I wasn't traded. But I, but I did those three things at the same time. And it explains why my husband later found me in the, walk, the closet kind of crying. <laughs> After about two days into the move, because he's like, what are you doing in here? Just need a break, man. Just had a baby. Got a new house. New city. And I'm not getting paid Winnipeg Jets dollars. I think we've discussed that already. <laughs> but let's just revisit it one more time. Yeah, the $4 million a year that Granlin's making or thereabouts yeah, probably makes, makes it a little, a little makes easier. Makes the move go a little sweeter. <laughs>
Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.